If you will, please stand with me at the reading of God's Word, Psalm 119. I'm going to begin in verse 9. This Each uh, verse begins with the Hebrew B, uh, letter B, um, and, and this is how it reads. Hebrews 119, verses 9 through 16. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Beloved, you may be seated. This word of Christ about the word of Christ The Spirit of God puts in front of us this morning because He loves us and wants us to believe and keep us that we might endure in the faith all the way to heaven. Uh, Throughout history, uh, songs have been used and, 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 and repetition of catchy lyrics have been used to set truths into the hearts of people. So you, you, You can even think of something so simple, something you may have learned so early, like, now I know my ABCs. Uh, For my kids, uh, they're learning not just their ABCs, but what sounds the ABCs make from uh, the letter factory. Um, That little movie about a tadpole who's learning, the A says, ah, (laughs) <laughs> the B says, bah. today we come into the B room, uh, which is, if you know that that movie, uh, an orchestra room. And they're teaching that B makes the sound, bum, 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 bum. And uh, the psalmist is bringing us to letter B of the Hebrew alphabet. These are the ABCs of a Christian's relationship with the Bible. This is basic truth about how Christians relate to God's Word. And so last year, we started with Aleph or A, verses 1 through 8, where we were told the, the, the first basic thing that Christians do with the Bible is we keep it. We keep God's Word. Today, we will see from Baith or B that a Christian, what a Christian does with the Bible is we delight in the Bible. I want you to notice in our verses the focus on the inward. I'm saying delight. I'm speaking to how we feel about God's word. Look in, in verse 10. With my whole heart, it, it references here. Verse 11, your word is in my heart. Verse 14, I delight in your testimonies. That's another word for God's word. And verse 16, I will delight in your statutes. God is getting at how we should feel about the Bible. 
here is the, the main truth I want us to go home with from these verses, and that is that devotion to the Lord is demonstrated by delight in His Word. Devotion, this is the truth that these verses speak to us. This is why it matters how you feel about the Bible. Because delight or devotion to the Lord is demonstrated by delight in His Word. Or you can put it the other way. Delight in the Bible demonstrates that we are devoted to the Lord. Friends, our choices that we make every day, the choices that we make every week, add them all up, and that is you. That is your life. Your life and mine are made up of choices that we make every day and every week. 2021 can be a year well lived if we have these three resolutions from Psalm 119, verses 9 through 16. I'm giving you three reasons we should delight in the Bible from these verses and all of them. In keeping with Psalm 119, begin with the letter B. Here we go. Point number one, from verses 9 through 11. The Bible... You should delight in the Bible because the Bible makes us blameless. Blameless. This is why a believer delights in the Bible because it makes us blameless. Devotion to the Lord is demonstrated, proven, shown in delight in the Lord. Look in verse 10. I seek you with my whole heart. And look how that's connected to not wandering from the Bible or from your commandments. What the psalmist is saying is, Lord, I want you. You are the prize that I'm after. You are the one I'm trying to find and stay with. And therefore, in these three verses, I do not want to sin. Because I want you, I don't want to sin. Verse 9. How is it that we can keep our way pure? When he says young man, he's taking up the, the, the pattern in wisdom literature like in the beginning of Proverbs when the king is speaking to his son and he's, and he's teaching him the way of life. How, young man? This applies to everyone of every age, here is wisdom. If you want to keep your way of life pure before God, what he says is you need a word for every way. You need a word in all of life to keep your way, the direction of your life, pure. This is why we should delight in the Bible. And verse 11, store as much of it as we can in our hearts. Because we, we need something to guard us in this situation, in that situation, 
in this other situation, in all the ways of our life. We are those who say, what does God want in this? That's what he's saying. I want to know. I don't want to sin against you and go the, the other way. I don't want to wander from your ways. I want to stay pure. And the way that I do that is I have an answer. Where is God in this? Not just what does he want in this, but he gets to the question of where is God? Verse 10, I'm seeking you and where you are. And therefore, I'm storing up with my whole heart and in my whole heart your word. Now, what's in the Hebrew here for the verbs seek you with my whole life and storing in my whole heart, those verbs are put in what's called the perfect tense. Now, who cares, Ryan? Listen, this is why it matters. The perfect tense is descriptive of all of life. It means I'm doing this always. It is the character of my life. This is who I am. I'm a person who is always seeking you with my whole heart. I'm a person who is always without breaking, wanting to store your word in my heart. This is a, what is the relationship of a Christian with the Bible? It is a sincere relationship with the Bible. It is a diligent relationship with the Bible. It is an active relationship with the Bible. No one does this passively or accidentally. It is all a choice of the will. Devotion to the Lord is demonstrated by delight in the Bible. That, what, what, what I'm saying is, from these verb tenses, this is what characterizes the life of people who are devoted to the Lord. It is a delight in the Bible. A storing it in our hearts, verse 11. Because it is so valuable to us that we want it safe and ready for this reason that we might not sin against the Lord. That we might have the truth. Where is God in this? This is what he wants. This is my life is to live according to his will. Now, if you know a prepper. Someone who's getting ready for the zombie apocalypse or whatever it is. A prepper um, can be seen as a fanatic. You know, you, you meet you meet someone who's a prepper, and it can be hard to get them to talk about normal things. And so they're always coming up to you and asking you, how many 10-gallon drums of water have you stored up? Is that a resolution this year? Do you have 10,000 yet? And how much ammo do you have ready if the man comes against it? And how uh, do, you, do you have enough pure strands of... Of, 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 of food sources. They're never relaxed, preppers. They won't just chill out, but they're constantly vigilant. And we should be constantly vigilant, according to verse 11, about our sin. I'm seeking you. Do not let me wander away from your word. I'm storing up your word so that I might not sin against you. Constant vigilance. The Psalms 
They all sing of Jesus, but there's a real sense in which Jesus as the perfect, most godly man sings all the songs, psalms as well. This sings about him, and it also is sung by him. Matthew chapter 5, Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount, Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the ones, very similar. Blessed are those who are pure in their hearts, because they are the ones who are going to see God. Don't you want to be pure and blameless? Don't you need to know that you need to be blameless if you're going to be with God? I do want to be just really clear how urgent the psalmist is about not sinning against God. Because it's not just the psalmist. Paul, in Ephesians chapter 5, says this. Let there be no filthiness nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving, for you may be sure of this. Everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Do not let anyone come to you and deceive you, he says, with empty words as if that weren't true. Because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. And you heard this in Hebrews 10 just now. If we go on sinning deliberately, why do we want this relationship with God's word? Because if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. This is motivating the psalmist. This motivates the people of God. I want your word because it is what guards me from sin. And the unclean will not end up in the presence of God. I want you, God. And the unclean can't be with you. And the unclean are those who have habits, not of delighting in the truth and of God, but their habits. When he says the sexually immoral, he says your habits are. It's not just that you ever commit it. It's that your habits are in the direction of, and this is characterizing your life of delighting in sin. We do what we love. But you also need to understand what Jesus is talking about when he says, blessed are the pure in heart. And what the psalmist is talking about when he says, how can a young man keep his way pure? You need to understand that purity in the Old Testament is not about sinlessness. It's about atonement. God understands sinners going to sin. We sin. And yet he calls us to purity, which means to be cleansed from those sins. So 1 Corinthians 6 is a similar passage that, to the ones I just read. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Paul is just so committed that we not believe lies. And here's the lie. The lie is that 
the sexually immoral, idolaters, adulterers, men who practice homosexuality, thieves and the greedy, drunkards, revilers, swindlers are going to inherit the kingdom of God. He said, so don't be deceived. That will not happen. And then he says, and such were some of you. You used to be that. It's not that you never committed those things. You used to be that. But you were washed. You were sanctified, made holy. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. This psalm ultimately is not just sung by Jesus. It is singing of Jesus. He is the only one who fully and perfectly kept Psalm 119, kept his way absolutely pure. And Jesus Christ makes the impure pure. He makes those who are full of blame blameless. That's why we open the the service with Hebrews chapter 10. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promises faithful. God sent his son to deal with this very thing, the impurity of our hearts the ways that we give ourselves over to sin. And when Jesus, the sinless one, died on the cross, He was dying for the guilt of those sins. And He was dying to cleanse our consciences so that we can't even, we're not even aware, ultimately, of guilt because we're so confident that He took it for us. This is the first word of Psalm 119 is you cannot keep this perfectly. But Jesus did. And his credit can go to you if you turn from your sins and trust in him. And yet this this is not to say this is not for us. It is absolutely for us. His cleansing purifies us so that we would walk in this but not base our confidence in this. The righteous are those who live by faith. Who organize our lives according to what God and His Word says are true. And so right after He said, don't throw away your confidence, He also said, you have need of endurance. In other words, to be pure... Every one of us needs to endure. Hebrews 2.1, we we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. If If the direction of our life is not paying much more close attention, growing in the knowledge of Christ, growing in the knowledge of the gospel, that should concern us because the scriptures speak of us drifting away from it. No, we need to increase our attention, not decrease. So Psalm 119 verse 10 says, I seek you. Don't let me wander from you. Wander from your word. So the word purifies us. It is the word that you need. You need a word from God in those situations when you have been impure. You need to hear again, 1 John chapter 1, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and He is right to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you don't have that word, 
you're going to go the wrong way and wander away. The word purifies us when we're impure and the word is what we need to keep us pure. Jesus said, sanctify them, make them pure, make them holy in your truth, your word. So verses 9 and 11 have pride of place. It is the first part of this new stanza, I think because this letter, Baith or B, is especially about delighting in the word for the sake of being pure. So just as we are not shocked when the Shane Halls are good at math, that's who they are, or the Todds are good at golf, or the bishops are just awesome. No, no, y'all are awesome. Um, there are exceptions. But in that way, devotion to the Lord is demonstrated by delight in the word. Loving the Lord will be indicated by a dedication to knowing him and honoring him and being like him and not wanting to sin against Him. Because we don't want to live without Him. And all of that comes from His Word. We delight in the Bible because it makes us blameless. But also in verses 12-13, through 13, because it makes us blessed. Look in verse 12. Blessed are you, O Lord, therefore... Teach me your statutes. You are blessed. And because my definition of what blessed is and praiseworthy is, is you, then will you tell me everything about you? Will you tell me everything about your ways? I want to be just like you because I want blessing. And you are the definition of it. So verse 12, he says, teach me. One who is devoted to the Lord has an endless capacity for knowing the Lord. I'm so encouraged as a pastor when I hear someone from our church talk about how much they love to learn and grow. I, I love meeting with people over a meal and talking about the Lord. Because those who are devoted to the Lord have an endless capacity for learning God. By learning his word. It is a sign of salvation. It is a sign of salvation. When we plan. To be taught by God. When we protect. Being taught by God. That does not mean. That our sin will not interfere with that desire. It gets in the way. Sin and selfishness can make us lazy. Give us excuses. It can even draw our attention to other things. And just understand this, if you go on feeding that, it will be true and we will all experience it. But if we feed it, then this relationship with the word will become really more difficult. It's like someone now trying to all of a sudden choose broccoli when we've been gorging ourselves through the holidays on sugar. It just doesn't taste good compared to what we've been tasting. Our tastes need to be trained so that we can say this. And our taste can be trained. Our taste can be trained. So, 
beginning of this year, get a plan of how you're going to go through God's Word. But also do not neglect the prayer of verse 12. Lord, as I read this Word, teach me Your statutes. And do not omit the application of verse 13. Teach me your words so that my talk will match yours. You see that in verse 13? We listen in verse 12 so that we can speak. You could put it this way, so that we can, our talk would be talking his talk. The one who is devoted to God delights in learning everything about him and then talking to everyone about him. So in verse 13, that word declare again is in the same verb tense. In, in other, it describes the person who is devoted to the Lord is dedicated to declaring all the time in all of his life the thing that he believes is most blessed. And you understand this. You talk about and I talk about what we treasure. You just start up a conversation with Kenny. You're liable to hear about what it means to be a man. He's going to tell you. And if you ain't very manly, those can be discouraging conversations. If you get in a conversation with, with Dean, he's going to tell you about tactical defense and hunting. You, you wind up Cooper about coffee. You better settle in. And the Christian, they would all talk about the Lord too, obviously. The Christian is not bashful about the Bible. Verse 13, we are not ashamed of the truth. We are not ashamed of our Savior. We know that we may be talking to people who have no love for Him. We may be talking to people who have love for Him, but they're in a difficult season and they're not following Him. But we are not ashamed. And so verses 12 and 13 teach us this, that believers are parrots. God has parrots, you know, the bird. that's always eavesdropping. And always repeating. Teach me your statutes that I might always in all of my words tell them to others. Because we delight in him, we want others to know him. Because we really believe that his ways are right. When we see others walking in other ways, we really love them too and want them to go his way. We delight in the Bible Because the Bible makes us blameless. Because the Bible is what makes us blessed. Because we get God in it. And then third and finally in verses 14 through 16, we love the Bible because the Bible is our beauty. Blameless, blessed, and beauty. The psalmist in verse 14 confesses he delights as much in the ways of God in the Bible as he does in riches. Maybe this is David. I don't know who this is. We don't know for sure. You think about all the riches David would have had access to. He knows riches, and he delights as much in the ways of God in Scripture. Now, obviously, there are other passages of Scripture that say that to delight as much in is to delight too little. we, We delight more in the Bible than we do in all riches. I have a concern. 
in a community like ours. Is, is that Christians would not be able to say this. Is that people who mean to follow Christ could not honestly say that worship actually is on the same level as work. I don't know anyone who would stop going to work when their boss tells them to be at work. Because they would stop getting paid. You know this is true. No one risks losing their riches. No one risks losing their pay, even if it's not much. Even if that that means they have to risk getting COVID, they're not missing. I just want you to consider this. For some, the soul is not just at risk for casually neglecting worship. The soul is not just at risk. The soul is positively and certainly harmed by it. Because delight in the Bible is an indicator of devotion to the one who wrote the Bible. You are delightful to me, O Lord, so your word is beautiful to me. Should we not be concerned when we see devotion to not losing a job? But hearing what the Lord says about worship and being unwilling to do that. Beloved, I just want you to hear what Jesus said in Matthew 6. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all the things that you need to live will be added to you. Or Hebrews that we heard earlier said, some are in the habit of neglecting to meet together. Don't be one of those who have that habit. Because the day of judgment is drawing near. The implication is those kinds of habits lead a certain direction of not being guarded from sin because we don't have the word from the the gathering or from the people. This is a good time to consider your habits of gathering. What is your habit? It's a question. What is your habit? What is your habit? What, is you, what do you normally do? How do you decide? So he says, habit. And then come up with a number in your mind. If I only go to church this many times this year, that equals neglect. And I don't want to do that. Beloved, there are only 52 Sundays. And we learned last year that COVID may may keep us from coming. And some are in physical conditions where they shouldn't come because of COVID. That's the truth. But to come up with that number, I don't want to neglect the gathering because God says the word will keep me in the faith. Come up with that number. And know that sick days are going to keep you from coming. If you're a parent, that means you just need to add some more days that you can't come. You can take away the vacation days. And come. think about what's left. Come. 
Because the word is what keeps us from wandering from God. Because when we seek him, we don't want to wander from his word. Come. And if you have to miss a Sunday, better come Wednesday. Don't risk your souls because the media is saying something real about a danger, a real disease. But don't let the risk of physical harm secure spiritual danger. Verses 15 and 16. There are two commitments that flow from the conviction that the word is as delightful as riches in the psalmist's mind. He then says, I will and I will. First of all, verse one or verse 15, because it is so delightful to me, the word, I will fix my eyes. I will meditate. I will not take my eyes off of your word. Meditate means to loudly and enthusiastically vocalize the truth, to do so joyfully and not begrudgingly. This is about delight. These are the words that we're saying out loud and meditating upon because they are the things we adore most in this world. And fix your eyes on the word. Focus on it. Don't be okay with distraction from it. Reflect upon it when you hear it this afternoon. Get into habits this week. Get into habits of thinking more about it, saying it to one another. That's how they heard the word in the days of the Bible was when they gathered together. But we even have our own Bibles. So commit yourself to meditating on it daily. Fix your eyes on the truth. But secondly, in verse 16, it's not just I will meditate. I will fix my eyes. I will not Forget your word. Beloved, we need reminders from God's word because we are selfish and we are sinful and we are forgetful. That is a fact. I will not forget your word. It is a commitment. It was Tuesday morning of this week. When I studied this passage, when I just got done with verse 16, I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. That's what this preacher was doing this Tuesday when my child made my coffee wrong. Like my child is a barista who didn't hang on my every word and forgot my very specific drink order, and I was frustrated with it. That's not the right word, guys. I was disappointed in my child. That's not the right word. Let's find God's word. I was sinfully angry. Right after studying this passage. But this passage was there. It was ready. And God brought it to me and convicted me. Ryan, your ways are not to be delighted in. Ryan, it's not your word that's not to be forgotten. No one is sinning against you just because they forgot your word. But we are 
when it's the Lord's word. His is worth delighting in. His is worth hanging on. His his word is worth not forgetting, and we should be committed to it. And so God brought me this word because it was there for me. And it led me to confess to my child how sinful and wrong I was in it. That I might not sin against the Lord or continue to sin against the Lord, but seek forgiveness from him and forgiveness from the one I wronged and therefore walk in purity. You and I should commit. I will not forget your word. Because we want to know at all times what the will of the Lord is. Because a believer is someone who wants to base all of their life on him. We delight in the Bible because we delight in God. And this is his word. And his character is carried by it. We seek God He says, through His commandments, these are not mere do's and don'ts. These are the secret and ancient paths to the One who is the delight of our soul. We saw this last week in Psalm 73. Without the Word, our eyes will be attracted to the pleasures of a world that hates God. Have you not experienced that? Has that Word not proven true to you? Without the word, we will process things internally and we will become weary. It is when we come into the temple of God. This is why I want you to come to the temple of God in worship that we might find our portion. I want you to delight in what the world doesn't have and what the world cannot give you. Almighty God is our great reward and we receive him through the word and we forget him without it. And I don't want you forgetting Here's what a Puritan said. There is not a clearer sign to distinguish you, Christian, from the one who is profane. There is not a clearer sign to to set apart. These are my people. And these are not my people. Than this clearest sign. Those who conscientiously keep holy the Lord's day. That's what sets apart a Christian. Is someone who says, I've got a Lord. This is his day. He wants me to give myself to the means of grace. And there is no greater means of gaining strength. The Puritan goes on and growing in grace in the inward man like this. Duly observing the Lord's day. So I want to encourage you as we close to church like a, not like a greedy hoarder, not like someone who is gathering a bunch of stuff they'll never use and they don't need. I don't mean just get quantity for quantity's sake, but church like a cherishing connoisseur. Because getting worship, worshiping God, getting His Word, knowing Him, turning from sin, and having righteousness is the thing you cherish more than anything. And this is how He gives it. Delight demonstrates devotion. Let's pray.
Father in heaven, we pray that you would take this word and you would make it alive in our hearts, that you would encourage us. Lord, I am so encouraged by so many, so many who are living this out and following Christ and who it's obvious for them that the word is giving them you and that they delight in you. God, for all of us, though, we pray for more. We have no limits to how much of you we want. And so we pray that you would make us a people who are devoted to your word. That we might receive our Savior in it. And we ask this in his name. Amen.